0: I'll go, I'll go to something my father taught me. Always, I do. Um, so if you do too many things, you'll never do anything with excellence or success. So if you're not on the path to hitting your goals this year, um, like, like you mentioned in the question, I would venture to, uh, I would suggest to you to take a look and see if maybe it's because you're doing too many things. It might not be. But if you are, I would really focus in on trying to figure out the one thing. And so what I mean by that is, what is the one offer that I'm going to sell and really crush it in right now? And how? what is the one way that I'm going to get leads for this offer? What is the one way that I'm going to convert those leads into customers or clients for this offer? And what is the thing that I'm going to do to do a really darn good job at delivering this offer? Now, I'm not going to say this is a really good long-term business strategy. I don't think you should only have one lead generation tactic. I don't think you should only have one sales tactic. I I don't think you should do one thing to deliver a really good program or product. I think it, it takes more than that. But for right now, if you're not on your, on track to hitting your goals, burn let it be easy (laughs) and find that one thing and get really, really good at it and duplicate it over and over and over again so that when the year 2020 comes around, can you believe it's gonna be 2020? No. You can then look at adding more to that and adding on top of that. So that's what I would say. Welcome to the Million Dollar Equation podcast, a podcast about the easiest, fastest way to build a million dollar business based on the best-selling book, The Million Dollar Equation. If you love business, each episode reveals all of the
1: core fundamental essentials for growth. Now, here's your host, Rochelle Shaw. Yay, yay, yay. So, I'm um, I'm back. I know I say this every session, but <laughs> I <I'm, laughs> It really is the truth because this whole summit was about just getting together my friends. People have been important in my life, people have been instrumental in my life, um, so that I could come and share them with the world and all of their talents because I have probably, I've known her since she was little, little, right? She a little, 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 uh, coming to the events and we would see her walking around and her parents, I just loved them to pieces. Her father, Changed my life. Um, it makes me cry. I can't even. Oh my gosh! I can't believe that that this is happening. That I'm really gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. Um, but there are so many times when when I would I was overwhelmed and he would just kind of go, "Really, Rochelle? What are you talking about? You know, and, and get me back on track." And, And uh, probably my most favorite event ever was speaking at his outrageous events um, because people know you and they all feel the same about your dad, but, but I just want to, in her own right, she is a badass copywriter. She's a badass chick and I love women like that, my friend. Mara Glazer.
0: Yay! Hi. I'm so excited to be here participating in
1: the summit. Thank you. So Mara, introduce yourself to the group. You know, two, three minutes,
0: yeah, not not everything that you've done, but but help them fall in love with you how I have. Oh, thank you. Uh, Well, my name is Mara Glazer, I'm known to many as the world's best female direct response copywriter. Mm -hmm. I was trained by my father, his name is Bill Glazer, Um, and he owned a business called Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle. He built that into the largest provider of marketing and money making information for small business owners around the globe. And I'm very, uh, very grateful that I was able to work under him, under his wing for three years and really get a great foundation for copywriting, business, marketing. It was really the, the stepping stone to where I am today.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's so funny. And I think about like the first video interview that I did, I don't think I was on TV yet, but it was when I won marketer of the year yeah, and right. a woman marketer of the year and Mara interviewed me, right? So. I had like, like half of lashes on this lash and half of them was on the other one. And I was like, oh my gosh, and I was so nervous. <laughs> but she's like, Michelle, can we just interview? And she's like, so mellow all the time. Like, I'm like on tin bouncing off the walls and she's always just, hi, how are you? Let's just interview you, right? She's so slow. And I'm <laughs> All the time, very first time. That's why we love you, Rochelle. (laughs) Oh, thank you, but it was so great. It was so fun, And, and since then, like, I went, this girl has got something. Like, she really, like, gets it really young, which, you know, I used to be the young one, and so I can recognize it. Like, I see it very clearly. You know, why don't you talk to them about... Some, some just basics in, in copy and where people make mistakes when they're trying to write copy for events or even for just a product and try to sell it. What do, what do you think like some of the mistakes are?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for still calling me young. People have stopped calling me that these days. <laughs> <laughs> I've <It's laughs> my mid-30s, so thank you. Thank you for that. So um, I, the, the mistakes I think people are making right now, the one, Is that they're trying to be too businessy with their audience and they're not talking to them as if they're talking to a friend or somebody that they know and that they love. The reason I say this is think about when you wake up in the morning and you look into your email inbox every morning and there are a bajillion emails in there and like, which ones do you open first? I don't know about you, but for me, it's the ones from my parents. It's what the ones from my friends and the ones from like the people that I really love and care in my life. Yes. And so when you are approaching copywriting and not being like that, you're that's why your emails aren't getting open. That's why nobody's listening to your message. And so you can just imagine somebody in your audience that that you would want to hang out with and write to that person um, you'll start to see that your copywriting will start your will start to convert a lot better so that's the biggest mistake that i see um, i would say another mistake that i'm really seeing right now is people just not even trying um, you know Copy is so important if you have an online business or an offline business. And I've heard so many people say, well, I can't write. I suck at it, you know, so I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. And I used to suck at it too. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but my high school English teacher told me that I didn't have the skills that I needed to be successful and I should leave and go and find another school. If I can do this. Uh, You can do it too. You know, um, when you were born, you were simple. You could cry, you could sleep and you could poop and that was it and everything else that you've learned to do in your life has been exactly that. It's been learned. You've Learn to walk, talk, text, tweet. And you can also learn to to write really great copy if you want to or do anything if you want to. Um, So those I, I think are like the two of the biggest mistakes I see right now that are pretty broad and could kind of cover everybody. No, but that I know that the folks that you know. I had one gal. We were talking about
1: a long form sales letter in my local meeting when I used to teach it here. And she goes, well, well, I you know I'm a teacher and so I write concisely. And I said, well, you know, writing a long form doesn't mean that it's that it's verbose, that it's not concise. You know, it's it's really answering questions that people have in their head and making sure that it's complete. You know, and so one of the things that 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 your father definitely taught me about writing copy is that look, it doesn't matter how long it is. It's it's about answering the question. You know, we're not, you know, if you can answer it in two sentences and do that. But make sure that you take your prospect from the beginning to the end. And so, of course, um, how would you like what's your process? You know, I'm like, da-da-da-da-da. But what, what is your process in writing? Like, how do you start writing for a customer?
0: Is yeah. it that you have
1: to get in to, to figure them out, talk like them, or how is it?
0: So the first thing I would say is I never take on a project where I don't believe in the product or the service or the off. If it's something that I wouldn't buy for myself or something that I just couldn't feel connected to, I, I don't write about it because I can't. Um, it, it wouldn't convert and it wouldn't be fair. So, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, you know, I really like to get inside the ideal customer's mind by just asking them what they want and then giving it to them. So my dad actually taught me that when he was training me, Mara, ask your customers what they want and then give it to them. It's the easiest way to make money. And so every single campaign that I've done that has worked well. And when I say worked well, I mean, beat industry average, which is always my personal goal has started with a survey to an audience and that could look a few different ways. So one that could look like sending out an email survey, like there's a great free tool called Survey Monkey, I use it a lot, and just asking eight to 10 questions, some multiple choice, some that um, are open-ended that really allow for the person to, to, to free flow, answer the question, so we can look for different language patterns and words that they're using. That's one really great way to survey your audience. If you don't have an email list, are really great ways to just like pick up the phone and, and talk to people, you know? And you know, find like five people, 10 people that would be your ideal client and, and ask them if it's okay if you just ask them some questions and take really great notes, record it, whatever whatever you can do. So, so that's step number two. The third thing, Rochelle, I've never had anyone ask me this before. So I'm really having to like really think about my process right now. But the third thing is I map out what I call copy choreography. And so that is the flow of the campaign. So in in my opinion, the, the flow of the campaign, the steps that happen in the campaign are equally as important as the copy itself and also equally as important as the as the look of, of the campaign. So the fonts, the design, now I'm not saying it needs to be pretty. In fact, every time I test pretty versus ugly, ugly actually wins. Yeah. <laughs> But it's uh, it's placement of things. It's what stands out, what pops out to the readers, you know, in in their mind or in their eyes. Right. And so figuring out the copy choreography, how can we choreograph this campaign in order to create more spikes in sales or in order to get the person to do what it is that we want them to do? I've never Um, heard that before. Never heard that before. That that's fascinating. So
1: so tell me about. So then you know before you start writing copy that there's going to be a sales letter, two emails, a video. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. So like
0: I mean I'm just sitting here right now. Like I'll just show you. Like I do these like hand drawn maps. I have literally a whole desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it. I love oh, it. like all these like hand drawn maps of like everything that's going in the sequence. And what each email is gonna be about, what the theme is of each video, what the theme is of every sales page, and, and all of that. And also like how, how here's a here's a thing, thing to consider. Where can I strategically add in bonuses that are going to go away in order for us to get spikes of sales throughout throughout the funnel? You're gonna write that down. Yeah. Right? Because think, down. think about a marketing campaign where Have you ever noticed at the end of the marketing campaign where like the offer is going away or the deal is going away? You see all these sales come in like within the last two hours. Yep. Yep. So that's awesome, right? So the question I started to ask myself was how can we do this all throughout the campaign? Why just at the end? So one really great way to do that is to add in bonuses that do go away or add in like, or increase the price as the campaign goes or whatever feels most in alignment and integrity with you and your audience, and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so that's part of figuring out, excuse me, the, the copy choreography of, of, of the campaign. Um, you know, when, wow. when we work with our clients at our copywriting agency, I don't just talk to them about the copy. We, we create the campaign together because I have to, you know, if I want it to, to do well. So, so step three would be copy choreography. As a like I just start writing. Um, I sit down, and now that I've got it all mapped out, I know some of my themes, I know some of the points that I want to hit, I've already surveyed the audience, and I just start writing, and it's very intuitional for me. I listen to my heart, I listen to my gut, and um, I, I really just kind of let it flow, and then I come back and look at it again. One of the things that I imagine your audience could identify with. I don't I don't know everybody watching this, but I imagine a big portion of them would is whatever you're helping your clients with or maybe your customers with right now, you probably had that problem maybe a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, whatever that is. So, a really great way to kind of tap into what to say when you're starting to write is to think about like what would somebody have had to have said to you when you were still going through that problem? In order to make the decision to buy the thing that you're selling now, to get the help that you're offering now, and tap into that person, um, and that's where you can probably pull most of your content from when it comes to writing. And then the last thing that I that I do, and i more so like recently started to do this. Um, And actually there's a big campaign I'm working on right now, which is about to go out and I didn't do it. And my friend's like, Hey, Hey, did you do this? I was like, thank you for reminding me. So it's to send it to at least one person or or more people that would be the ideal client and have them look, look at it and have them tell you, would I buy? Would you buy this? Or would you not buy this? Why? What do you like? What don't you like? And then adjust from there. So that's my that's process. <laughs> I love that, I love that. No, you know, I, and I think that, that
1: um, everybody has a different one. You know, I start with probably one core idea. And then, you know, one thing that normally is on my phone, it's not even on a piece of paper, it's, it's here in my notes that, and it always ends up that I'm either writing somewhere, I'm in an Uber, or I'm in some odd place, right? And I never have a pen. And I just like get it out. A lot of times it was on a plane so that you know there's nothing around there's the hum and i'm just okay this is the core idea and then from that um even from this you know financial freedom okay well what does that mean and what what did it mean to me and what happened when i got there and what does fourth of july really mean to me and is it that independence or is it not and am i tying it To this and then um, one of the things that if they're watching it on the replay that they got it in Bastille Day right which is which is France's kind of Independence Day and so and so I start like thinking of okay where can I tie it and then I kind of back into um, I have some some standard things that sit there in the campaign that I add if I if I'm not at the goal that I want to be at right so So one of the things that I felt overwhelming when I first started looking at marketing campaigns is, all right, you know, I need to write 15 emails. Well, I would get writer's block. I don't care how I did it. I would just get writer's block. Like, I knew that I need to be there, but then I took all that away and started doing it kind of on the fly as a, okay, here's my template, but... Let's add, you know, a comment of what somebody said to me into this yeah. one, and that creates another and another and another, and so it started to really build even with if I'm adding direct mail in it. You know, sometimes it'll be, um, oops, you know, the phone number was wrong, which I've done several times <laughs> <laughs> because I'm typing in fat finger and oh well, or oops. Um, Here's another, you know, opportunity, but I love the strategically adding bonuses that go away so that you can get the spikes. Like that's, that's like super ninja. Like I, I have to like, like embrace that one and figure out how I'm gonna make that happen or, or just hire you to do it the next time so I don't have to think about it. Cause that is, that is fantastic because I will have um, sometimes that I miss the deadline because I'm, I don't feel it, you know? Thank you so much
2: for listening to my passion project and the Million Dollar Equation podcast. Of what you're hearing, if you like it, I love it. (laughs) So click the subscribe button to get each week your new favorite episode.
0: So
1: how do you, do you ever get writer's block?
0: Uh, yes, I do, I do. I actually feel like I am just coming out of a, of a season of writer's block. Yeah. Sometimes I write so much that I just can't, can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's why I have a great team of copywriters who have trained because then they can when I can't. Yeah. They also can when I can, which is great too. Um, so yes, I do get writer's block i you know there's something that you you've mentioned which is sometimes you just have to like feel the message before you can get it out on on the paper and um sometimes i'm very similar in that regard too so even if i write out a full campaign ahead of time before our launch date i always tell my clients i just told one of my clients now we're going to this huge launch I said to him, listen, if we're going to do this project together, we have to have a deal. And this deal is that when we are live, if I get some sort of intuitional download about some message that needs to be sent out, and that might even look like once or twice a day that you're going to agree that we send those messages out. And right. it sounds very woo-woo. I live in LA now, so I have an excuse to be woo-woo. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but um, you know, sometimes you just get that feeling yeah. but, or whatever that is. And you just know what needs to be said in order to make the sale. And so I would follow that instinct and do it. When it comes to getting writer's block, like how do I get myself out of the writer's block is I usually just try to step away. So it's hard when you feel like I've got all these deadlines. I need to get all this stuff done. I don't have four hours or a day to not be in the office but do you like but you also like can't afford not to step away because if you don't create this campaign it's never going to go out so like yeah. take a hike go, yeah. go do whatever you want to do i don't know we all play beer i love beer pong play beer pong whatever go visit rochelle in vegas yes. whatever whatever that is you know step away for a day and give yourself the opportunity to recharge and then you'll come back the next day and hopefully have some ideas, like just like you. I write ideas on my phone when I have them. I've, there's been moments for me when I've woken up in the middle of the night with a copy, yep, yeah, with an angle, and I put it on notes on my phone. So go about your day, have some fun, relax. If that comes to you, put it on your phone and then get back to your computer and get to work. Yeah. So. yeah,
1: that's uh, it's It's,
0: you know, in addition to that,
1: I also have, um, like, one of the things that, that your dad's partner, Dan Kennedy, used to tell us about is is that we need to write every day, right? And I'm like, that it just doesn't come to me every day. So that was so painful that I, I've tried to create that muscle. I've tried to do that. And that just, it just didn't work for me. Um, and I have found that especially now that I'm a little older and, and I'm of a particular age and sometimes my brain kind of, you know, forgets things that when I'm in it, I have to finish. Like I have to stay in it and with the flow, like I can't write the outline and then come back to it. That just doesn't work, you know. Because mm-hmm. I'll say, "What was I thinking when I said this right here?" Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. So I almost have to get it all out and like tell everybody to go away and just, shh, just give me another, you know, twenty minutes, another hour, just to, just mm-hmm. to map it all out, so then I can fill in those pieces and go back and make sure I have double readership path and and all yes. of those things that make it work. But, but man, it's like painful to me. I mean, it, it's so painful. I was a history major. I was, you know, I've written four books, but man, for some reason, when it's time to like really, and maybe it's just selling me, you know what I mean? And, and communicating that might be the the challenge too. So any advice to like DIYers out there, you know, what, what would you suggest that they do?
0: Yeah. Well, so so you said it's a challenge for you to to sit down and get to writing but one thing i know about you rochelle is it is not a challenge for you to speak so (laughs) what you could consider doing is audio recording the the email and then using some sort of app or something like that that will transcribe it and then go through the transcription of that in order yeah. to kind of put all the pieces in place, add in the cost to action or whatever it is that you feel like it needs in order to send it out. You know, I would just play to I your strengths. There's this this Gary Vaynerchuk quote, I've got, I think I'm going to butcher it, but it's, it's something like, um, you know, like forget your weaknesses and double down on your strengths. We live in a coaching world where everyone's trying to fix you and like stop trying to be fixed just double down on what you're good at so if you're really good at speaking speak it and then turn it into an email or or whatever that is or if you're really great at video send out a video via email you know like you you can make this work for you i love that i love that see
1: because you're giving me permission to just do whatever (laughs) which is i think what everybody wants anyway you know just permission to just be you and um that's, you know, out of all of the best advice I probably have heard over the years, it was just, just be you. You know, I stopped trying to be everybody else because I can't be them. You know, I stopped trying to be Dan. I stopped trying to be your dad. You know, it's like me being Dan Kennedy isn't that fun. You know, <laughs> it was like, oh, you know, oh, oh, I just, I just, that's, you know, as much as I admire him, um, I'm not him. And I think differently than him. And you know, I had built my million dollar business before I got there, (laughs) you know, so I was like, okay, maybe I've got something right. Um, But I like just implementing what you do best. So one of the the, uh, guys that I interviewed for the summit said, hey, I'm thinking about doing a virtual summit, you know, but, but I've heard that it's so difficult. And I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna do it the way that I like to do it. I'm gonna talk to my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and it'll be. I think it'll be great because you guys are are funny and smart and and intelligent and know how to you know talk about your subject. And I'm not trying to talk to people who don't know their subject. So how could this be hard? And you know, was this hard? No, no, not at it's all. It's fun. We're having a good time. <laughs> exactly. So I I think that that people get in their brain that. They have to do it a certain way, and you just gave them permission, just like you gave me permission. Just just do it the way that feels good to you, because it's gonna convey the right message. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I also, in another desk, in door, door number two over here, yes. I have um, a, a little card that says, let it be easy. So, right, how many times do we get in our head, think it's going to be hard, uh, get overwhelmed and frustrated by it and all of this stuff. And then what if we just reminded ourselves, which is hard to do sometimes when you're in the moment, yeah. you know, what if I just let this be easy? What would that look like? And then maybe the approach would be a little bit different or maybe you would just feel better automatically, just kind of thinking about that concept or whatever that is for you and however that comes up for you. So, you know, if it's writing copy and you feel frustrated about it, let it be easy that could be doing the audio that could be doing a video that could be hiring a copywriter that could you know it could be so many different things whatever's right for you yeah letting it be easy so um
1: wow so what projects are you are you working on now that have been challenging or are you letting it be easy <laughs> <laughs>
0: Letting it be easy. Well, luckily I have a great team that makes my life a lot easier, but um, I'm a Virgo, so I like all the things how I like them. So um, the biggest challenge for me is always making things, making things perfect and reminding myself to let it be easy. Um, But so I'm working on a couple things. So uh, one, my father, my amazing father, who had a stroke a few years ago after he went through Therapy for two years, decided that he was going to make a comeback, and he was going to write write a book, and do an event, and create courses, and then write another book, and now do more events. And he does not stop. Glazers never give up. It was the saying my dad had when I was growing up, and he has definitely uh, he lives that saying. So. Um, So I'm helping him with that. That's one of the things that I'm doing these days. So we just uh, created an amazing coaching program just like the amazing coaching programs that I know you have too, Rochelle. And this one's called Outrageous Marketers Alliance. Um, And we're doing that alongside his book publisher, Rob Suesta, who you know as well. Um, And so so I've got that going on, which is really, really awesome. Um, I have my copywriting agency as well. So I have a team of all female copywriters that when they come to me, they're amazing. And then I train them. Uh, my my girls call it the glazer taser. They say, Barry, you see everything. I train them um, to, to be to, to be extraordinary. And they really, really are. And so we work with either coaches and, and consultants or e-commerce-based businesses. Most of our clients specifically sell their products and services to women, not all, but most do. Um, and we help them, we help them sell more of their stuff. And I have a couple other uh, projects and partnerships with with big influencers with big audiences. My largest one has an audience of over three million people. Um, to help and, and we help them launch their products and programs, um, and we do a little more of, than the copy with them. We actually build out the tech and and run the operation for them. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. So yeah, that's lots exciting. of stuff.
1: <laughs> that's exciting, and 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 you know, as 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 a as a young entrepreneur because you did start very young right um, like what made you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur cuz i you know, i used to get this question all the time and so i'm, I'm anxious to hear how you answer that. like like how did you know
0: yeah so so something actually happened to me which uh, which made me realize i needed to be an entrepreneur so in 2003 i actually had my spine fused uh, for scoliosis surgery and then five years later uh, because of a stressful job that I was in in New York City at the time and also because of some of the, the apparatus in my back, I actually ended up tearing my spine and I couldn't walk for three months. And in that moment, I just knew that I couldn't have a nine to five job anymore. And I just couldn't work for someone else anymore because I just needed that freedom to be able to, to take care of myself when I needed to. And so it was really that and, and luckily I had Uh, A father and a mother. My mom will say she's not entrepreneurial, but we all we all know the truth. My mom ran that that company. (laughs) (laughs) My mom positioned it for sale. My mom ran the show. So, um, so, you know, I had entrepreneurial parents and and so they they were great role models for me and and really great um, encouragers for me. Right. Um, and I'm and I'm lucky to have had that, but that was what happened, um, and that's and that's how I knew. But I do remember actually from from a young age creating crafts and trying to sell them. I used to put these little. Um, I, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and there's this area called Reading, Pennsylvania, where there's all these different. Um, outlet shops and stuff. So I used to put together these like weekend events and like sell my friend's parents on like paying for their hotel and transportation for chaperones to take us up there for the weekend. So stuff like that. So like it was really in my core the whole time, but it was that (laughs) thing that happened that Made me know.
1: Me oh my gosh. That's awesome. See, I wish I was like that. I wasn't. That was. The, I wasn't anything. I just was so defiant that it was like, ooh, I can't work for anybody. <laughs> yeah. I was well, kids that just all the time, but I was super smart, so they couldn't really, like, they just would giggle. You know, they'd go, ah, oh, it's Rochelle, you know, and just shake yeah. their
0: hands. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I, I can- just. I'm like, you know, I can't work for anybody either. My my dad actually says, Mara, I don't know. So he's like, Mara, I don't know who works for who. Do you work for me or do I work for you? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I
1: love it. Well, I'm trying to, you know, people ask me, well, what about your daughter? You know, is she entrepreneur? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think that's, I, I'm not sure. Like, you know, sometimes she loves real estate. So um, one of my former clients does flipping. And so she wants to flip her first property. So cool. we're going to go and find a little condo somewhere, you know, a 30,000, you know, nothing over 25, 30 grand. You know what I mean? And like, and and see if she can flip it and, and do that. But
0: I bet she can, that's but I, don't,
1: I don't know. It, it should be interesting. Cause I, you know, she's still asleep and it's noon. So,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you don't know until you try, right? Like. Girl, I've tried everything. So, to to try to figure out what I wanted to do, I've tried it all, you don't know until you try it. So let's let her try and see, I'm I'm sure she'll do great. She's got you as her guide. We'll see, we'll see how that is. Hey, hey,
2: hey, hey, MD Nation, can't get enough? (laughs) Can't get enough? Hey, I've got another free training that I'd love for you to see. How to add another million this year you can watch it for free by going to www627figures.com the number six to the number seven figures.com you will see the three easiest things you can do in your business right now to get to the million faster. Ah it's my favorite thing to do is to teach and train so you can go and hang out have some fun and learn some stuff from me go to six to sevenfigures.com
1: so one of the questions I'm asking everybody is tell me about your favorite client not your ideal client because we all know who the ideal is right we want somebody open and implementer and ready and allow you to take over but really like your favorite client that, you know, when you think about working with them, you'd love to work with them again. And it doesn't even have to be in copywriting or whatever, just a favorite client that you've
0: ever had. Tell me about them. So I bet that your audience could probably relate to this. My favorite clients, um, and specifically the the one or two clients that I have in mind are the clients that value my expertise and value my work. And, um, and, and respect and respect my ideas and my strategies and are open to doing things differently than they've done before um, for the sake of, of seeing if we can get a different result. So those are my favorite clients because it sucks to work with somebody that doesn't feel that way about you. In fact, I won't even do it anymore. And right. it's, not, it's not worth it. Um, those, so those hands down are, are my favorite. Yeah. Clients. There's, there's two that I have right now Actually, I'd say three that I have right now that say to me, Mara, just do what you want. And I really like that one. <laughs> I know that that's not always possible in all scenarios, but I really I really like that when someone says, Mara, like just do whatever you want or you can have it your way, you know, Yeah. yeah. Virgo. Um, I, those, are my, those are my, those are my favorite. I will also say the one thing that I really like about working with my dad. So like, I guess my dad's my client in a way. Yeah. Um, our relationship has our our professional relationship has evolved in some ways but i guess he's my client in, in one way is like he always starts our calls just asking how i am making sure i'm good telling me that he loves me all that stuff or or ending the calls that way right and it's like uh it's nice you know it's it's a nice way to, to do business, to know that it's more than just business. And there's like, you know, obviously he's my father, but there there's some humanness to it. And, and we're gonna show up as amazing human beings and be amazing human beings for each other, not just do great work. And so I really love that too. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> I can weepy again. I'm such I'm such a cry baby.
1: But I would love to hear that because you know what? I, I will tell you that every time that he sees me, he always asks, How are you? Yeah. You know, he doesn't just, you know, he 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 says the same thing. Now he doesn't say I love you and all of that. He does. <laughs> but he definitely asks, you know, hey, and how can I help? And what what do you need? You know, which is I think that's important, you know. He always talks to and, and and talks about that, you know, entrepreneurship is the loneliest place and we're the loneliest people on the planet, you know, because we're kind of stuck in this thing of of constantly, you know, projecting and, and then also, you know, not telling, you know, all the, the bad stuff, just showing all the good stuff. And and sometimes it was tough. It was definitely tough, you know. I mean, he was there during the sale of my telephone company and, and all of those things that were, were such a life adjustment for me. Um, that I'm, I, like I said, I will forever be grateful. And and anything he asks me to do, I say yes. And, and it's like, well, what what do you need? Just tell me what you need, and I will do it in a heartbeat. So so. Um, well, one, one thing my I know for
0: sure, Rochelle, is he does love you. He tells me that every <laughs> time your name comes up.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. I was laughing about about um, wanting the the client just to let me just do my thing. Is that so often? I want to, you know, I say to them what I say to my kid is that look. You've never been 50, but I've been 13. (laughs) So I know everything that's going on, you know? And so when I look at their business, I go, okay, I see this clear path, but you always want to jump in and try to tell me how, how to get there. And then we end up going here and going there instead of just directly to the money because of something going on with them most of the time, you know, oh. I feel uncomfortable about sending daily messages, or I feel uncomfortable about twice a day. Well, what? What if they're gonna? Well, that person who's gonna opt out is never gonna buy from you anyway. So, what do you care? Right? But it, it it takes them a while to get to the point where where they can trust me a hundred percent. And I love it when that happens because yeah. it just it just makes it it let it be easy. It lets it be easy, as you said, which is you know always in my notes um, forever. All right, so for and anybody
0: to starting house work and yes. then you get to do your best work oh, so. well that's the
1: truth yes. that's the truth because when i'm under pressure i don't do my best work because you, you at the end of the day what happens is i go this isn't my business this is their business so i'm going to do what they want and then let's just let that go away but th- that was when you know 10 years ago you know now i'm no thank you here's your money back type of thing but back then i would just allow them to come in and give me their thing and i would no you know what i mean um because it doesn't work because you know your way hasn't worked and i know the system like just follow the equation right that's it that's it just follow the equation well mara this has been just an absolute pleasure um before we go why don't you tell folks like what do you think that they should be doing for this last half of 2019? Like, what's the number one thing? As as my phone doesn't stop ringing. But, <laughs>
0: well, um, have a telephone company, so I guess you'll be surrounded by that forever. <laughs> so I was like, yes, I still
1: have a phone in the house, you know, and in my office phone, and it just, it, it just is crazy because I can't give that up yet, right? I still am like. Eh. You know, what if the, the battery goes dead, but, but what's the one thing that you think that- um, Someone
0: really wants to talk to you. <laughs> right? Uh,
1: for 2019, what, what do you think that they can do? What, whatever time that they're watching this, what, what do you think that they can do to just
0: truly crush it? So, I'll go, I'll go to something my father taught me. Always, I do. Um, so, if you do too many things, you'll never do anything with excellence or success. So, if you're not on the path to hitting your goals this year, um, like like you mentioned in the question, I would venture to uh, I would suggest to you to take a look and see if maybe it's because you're doing too many things. It might not be, but if you are, I would really focus in on trying to figure out the one thing. And so, what I mean by that is. What is the one offer that i'm going to sell and really crush it in right now and how what is the one way that i'm going to get leads for this offer what is the one way that i'm going to convert those leads into customers or clients for this offer and what is the thing that i'm going to do to do a really darn good job at delivering this offer now i'm not going to say this is a really good long term business strategy i don't think you should only have one lead generation tactic i don't think you should only have one sales tactic i I don't think you should do one thing to deliver a really good program or product. I think it, it takes more than that. But for right now, if you're not on your on track to hitting your goals, burn. let it be easy <laughs> and find that one thing and get really, really good at it and duplicate it over and over and over again so that when the year 2020 comes around, can you believe it's going to be 2020? No. You can then look at adding more to that and adding on top of that. So that's what I would say. I love it.
1: I absolutely love it.
0: I love it, and I love you, and I thank you so much, and I'm
1: grateful, forever grateful, that you, you know, made the time that we could come and spend some time together. And hopefully, um, it won't be so long, right? But, but, but I'm sure I'll see you at uh, at a Glazer event or an outrageous event soon, so that yes. we can catch up then.
0: I would love that. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast talking to you as always, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for your summit and for everyone to hear all of the interviews.
2: Yay, 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 thanks so much.